The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to A Counselor's Point of View. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. We welcome our online listeners today. This is podcast number 60 under the area of the Identity Series which is finances and today's topic for that part of the series is money and possessions so let's talk about our intro paragraph for today's message it states here have you ever worked diligently to get out of debt just to find yourselves back in debt again this is an absolutely very very difficult thing to live is you can really buckle down and get out of debt and you work for two, three years to get out of debt and then all of a sudden the same easy things that led you into debt the first time haven't changed. So if there's no mind change exchanged, you're going to go back in. Satan knows that. So whether you wear yourself out getting out of debt, he's just laughing at you because he knows what works. Debt mentality is a dangerous place to live. God said that the natural mind cannot understand the things of God. In fact, he goes on to say that the things of God are foolish to him. Any mind that is not reconciled unto God, either through salvation or by way of walking after the Spirit, is a mind that is in debt. I'm going to say that again. Any mind that is not reconciled unto God, either through salvation or and or by way of walking after the Spirit, is a mind that is in debt. That's where it starts. And indebtedness does not start with your wallet. It starts with whether you do or do not truly walk out what you believe. And that's why I said people are liars, including me, if they're not walking out what they say they believe. They're liars. It's lying. There's no other word to define it. But we don't want to use terms like that because they're so offensive. Well, John, Jesus' beloved, he wasn't afraid to use them. He uses the term lie, liar, or lied in the first book of John over 30 times. It is what it is. The way a man manages his finances is a direct reflection of his relationship with God or lack of it. So what is the difference between the natural and spiritual mind? Any feedback? Shannon, you wouldn't happen to have a bottled water, would you? Awesome. So, any input on this question? The natural mind cannot understand spiritual things because they're not doesn't have the Holy Spirit. But why are there so many pew sitters that are not saved? And they're very spiritual minded. 
they could talk to you about Jesus, the history of Jesus, the you know what it means to be saved. You know, it's like the discussion with the Mormons. They're very spiritual people. They can talk for hours on nothing. So aren't they understanding spiritual things? Thank you. So, the natural mind can understand spiritual things. Be careful, this is one of those you're lying if you don't believe what you say. The majority of the people I talk to in the world that I know are dead and going to hell. They talk more spiritual than I've heard you guys talk. They can answer questions that you guys can't answer. Because you don't answer when I ask. There are some very sharp people in the world today. They can tell you about creationism and you can't. They can tell you about evolution and you can't. They can tell you about where Christ came from and you can't. See, they, they're, they're, they've got incredible amount of details that most Christians don't have. So they're not going to agree with this question. They are not. Because most of them can look at your average Christian and say, I know more than you do. You can't even answer my questions. The fact is, most Christians, indwelt or not, Christ follower or indwelt by Christ, most of them are lazy. They can't answer questions. The average Christian doesn't do what Shannon does. Invites the neighborhood Mormon to their home. It's too intimidating. What am I going to say? I don't know my Bible well enough. If your answers that are coming out of your mouth are external answers, you're confessing you do not understand the mind of Christ in you. Or you're confessing you don't have it. Silence is rebellion. Passivity is rebellion. That's the facts. You weren't put here to be passive. You were not put here to be silent. You were put here to carry out the mission, and Mormons understand that better than you do. I don't care if my podcast listeners are in Africa or India or France or wherever it is that you're listening to this, you need to understand something. Your silence is rebellion. Your passivity is rebellion. Unless God asks you to shut your mouth. That's a different story. Because you're hearing the Spirit of God in you say, don't talk. You're hearing the Spirit of God in you say, talk. But if you're like, no, I don't know what to say. I haven't gone to school yet. I got. Where in the Bible have you ever found a converted, indwelt Christian being told to go to school after they get saved? It doesn't exist. He takes educated people 
dumbs them down to understand the simplicity of the mind of Christ in you. I want to show you that. Here's the natural mind. The tragedy of man with a natural mind is that he will never be able to understand the wisdom of God. So they have to go passive. Do you know what passivity is? It is hearing something you do not understand and you turn them off. So there's so much passivity in the world today is a worldwide confession of people going, I don't understand. That's why they're going to hell. They turn God off and the preachers and teachers of God like their light switches. And it's happening all over the world. People are going to get surprised on the other side. It will be easy for him to get into debt and to stay there his entire life. He will restore, resort to his own understanding experience to live from one master financer to another. Constantly borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. That's literally demonstrated in getting another credit card to pay the other credit card off. Then you've got to get another credit card to pay that credit card off. Until finally it chases you down and you're in serious trouble. This man with a natural mind is unsaved and has never asked Jesus Christ to come and live within his mortal body or being. His mind is easily seduced by earthly, natural, and demonic things. Where does that verse come from? James. Chapter 3. That would be a great uh, chapter to get to know. Because James, Jesus' half-brother... Out of all of his brothers, does this mess with you guys' mind to know that James was the only brother that got converted? Can you imagine growing up with Jesus? Now, maybe they got bitter and resentful because he was favored by God and, you know, he was was the son of God. And that's what turned them off to it, but they, every one of them switched them off like a light switch. Even James. James didn't even believe that his brother was the Son of God until after he died and saw with his own eyes what he said was going to come true. Then he wrote the book of James. In that book, chapter 3, He clearly defines how the natural man is bound by earthly possessions, by natural common sense logic, and by demonic doctrines. And if you don't think demonic doctrines aren't spiritual, then you too have been deceived. Demonic doctrines is what Shannon was faced with those Mormons sitting at his table and they were coming out with all this stuff out of their head. And they believe it like it's Jesus Christ himself telling them in their minds. 
every religion's like that. And you say, they're not spiritually minded? They can't understand the things of the Spirit? Yeah, this one. You think Satan does a different technique to deceive a mind that God uses to transform one? Same way. Natural mind continued, James chapter 3, verses 14 and 16. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not which comes down from above, but it's earthly, it's natural, it's demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. Speaks for itself. Continued under the natural mind, the sobering reality is that the natural man cannot understand God's purpose for spending money or anything else. Honestly, he won't even care. If it makes sense to him and he believes that he's got a handle on it, then why should it matter what God thinks about it? And if it doesn't make sense to him, why would he want to live it out? So if you're, if you're an unsaved reader, good luck as they say, because luck is the only thing that you're going to have to be able to uh, survive this evil, natural, and demonic world. Luck, as you know, the derivative came from the derivative of Lucifer. It is good fortune of Lucifer is where luck came from. That's exactly what you'll have. If you pray that the Spirit grants you understanding, you, just, uh, you might just be asking for salvation. If you already have salvation, you're asking for a true mind of Christ being released in you, which is what our passage was covering today. And in that case, you might want to consider reading the prayer at the uh, end of of the book, if for those of you who are following the book, there's in the appendix section, there's, there's a sample uh, prayer in there of salvation. And if you are just a listener, I would appreciate you contacting me, and I'll show you how to receive Christ. Because that has to be the starting point. Or all of this is just mental gymnastics. Like a college kid going to school. The natural man is walking in the flesh because they are in the flesh. They are of the world. They of are the natural. So this is diagram REP 100, which is out of our repentance section. And the natural man is completely bound because of the old nature. The old nature is the direct reflection of Satan, the image of Satan, graven imagery. When you receive Jesus Christ and Christ is in you, you literally have the mirror, the direct reflection of the life of Christ in you. Well, why wouldn't it work in, in the unsaved category. So Satan is out here using external influences to influence this darkened mind 
Every night <coughs> when you go to sleep, your mind files everything that Satan and God put in your mind during that day. That's why you sleep. You don't sleep so you can get rest. You sleep so your mind can file everything that was thrown at it in that day so you will rest as you walk, as you talk. So you're not walking around anxious. A filing system is very critical. And once that information is filed away, you wake up the next morning and it starts all over again. And that passage that we just read is explaining to us the natural mind has no ability to fight this off. They're praised. They're spiritually appraised. So it just gets all filled up and then they have mental breakdowns. No, they have mental breakups. Because their conscious mind is filled with anger and resentment and bitterness. They are violating the scripture of not letting the sun go down on your wrath. They have no other solutions but to try to process it. So they have to go out and cross their knees and do yoga and meditate on the sunshine on their face. Because they have nothing. They have no way to get rid of this. And they open the palms of their hands and all the energy is getting out of them, the negative energy, and it's leaving their bodies. That is evil, demonic doctrines of possession. And Christian churches practice yoga. The crazy things we get into because we got unsaved people inside of our churches leading Sunday school programs, leading yoga programs, leading self-help programs, Promoting self instead of releasing the life of Christ in that believer. The natural man is in bondage to Satan. It is connected to Satan at the hip. And that's why natural people go to hell. Yes, contact me if you're interested in not living that kind of life because I'll show you a different one. Spiritual mind. Let's take a look at this slide. This is a person who has asked Jesus Christ to come into their mortal body through salvation. Christ lives in him and he lives in Christ. Because of this truth, the indwelled spirit gives guidance and understanding to the word of God. And if a person does not have the indwelling spirit living and breathing in him, well, he has zero capacity to understand anything, absolutely anything that has to do with God. So if you meet someone that seems to know a lot about God, you're going to have to assume it's a little G, not the big G. God only reveals himself through the spirit that houses inside the believer. The spiritual man can hear words of wisdom and become overwhelmed with the peace that God is speaking to him through the words, whether they are printed or whether they are heard in the mind. This is because outward spoken words become a witness to the inwardly spoken words through the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. 
And this is one of the greatest blessings and certainly one of the greatest mysteries uh, for the indwelt Christian. Any questions about this slide? This is pretty critical. So what about the story of Elijah in the brook? And Elijah was asked, okay, commanded by the Lord to flee to the brook in, in the wilderness. And the, at first this sounded a bit strange to me, but as I read on, I soon realized that God was about to show him the most powerful principle in heaven. God is in charge. He obeyed God, and as a result, he was protected from the wrath of the horrid queen Jezebel. And then God... God then miraculously fed Elijah by the ravens every morning and every evening. So here's what we have. We have Elijah hearing the voice of God. He does something that is sounds wrong, certainly off, and certainly radical. But see, God knows things that are coming into your life before they arrive. So God can actually tell you, don't buy that. Don't touch that. Don't play with that. Don't do that. Because he knows what's coming. He knows what evil is hunting you down. But see, there were no provisions there. None. So it almost looked like God was walking him into this desolate desert area for death. The fact is, a miracle had to happen. God's miraculous plan economy had to kick in. And he directly fed Elijah supernaturally. Just like he does the birds every day. So if it wasn't for Elijah knowing the difference between hearing the voice of God versus his own, God only knows what would have happened. It was during those months that God not only saved his life from the wicked queen, but he freed himself from severe despair. Or as the world calls it, depression. Through this provisionary time, God delivered rest for his body and his mind. God lavished him with intimate fellowship and he experienced daily proof that God was truly his provider. God revealed his miraculous plan of economy right in front of Elijah's eyes. By the way, this was during the time when there was a severe famine, famine in the land. <coughs> Sooner or later, the, the brook dried up. Although uh, God had miraculously kept water flowing, he used this apparent lack of provision to move Elijah from this comfortable place to the widow, if you remember correctly. So here God is actually drying up the brook so he wouldn't hang out there. And of course, if we were Elijah, we're like, what's up with this God? I mean, you started out taking care of me and there's plenty of water and you know, you bring me food like you bring the ravens and, you know, what's up? Well, God dries up the brook to move us to our next location. Whereas a lot of times we interpreted God's not taking care of us anymore. 
or we're sinning or there's something wrong with us. Not necessarily the case at all. Of course, Elijah later learned the actual uh, reasons why uh, God did that well, because that's all hindsight. You get to your new location and you look back and you go, oh, well, I know why God dried that brook up. But it's very difficult in those moments when it's getting dried up to be able uh, to say that. Of course, under uh, Elijah's new arrangement with the widow, God did the exact same type of provisionary care with this new widow. She was even asked to do some things that made absolutely no sense to her, but she did do these things, like prepare this meal for Elijah, when it's her and her boy, you know, didn't have much, and it just didn't make sense. Why God told him to tell her to take what little flour and oil she had left and to make him some biscuits. But as we know how the story ends, that God clearly revealed uh, miracles, his miraculous plan of economy uh, in that story. Story simply being this. God is our provider. The circumstances can be horribly uh, tough to understand, but God is our provider. Now, the next diagram, which is 100A, is the spiritual man walking in the Spirit. So the old one was a natural man, unsaved, walking in their flesh. This is a saved man walking in the Spirit. We still have the nasty devil out here trying to use external influences. But if you only get this card, it'll increase the benefits on your club membership and your, you know. All the techniques are the same. The difference is these external things are supposed to hit the hand of God that literally is the mind of Christ in you that says, no, these cheap doctrines aren't coming in this place anymore. And it's Christ's nature, Christ's life, that's influencing the mind. In fact, we literally have the mind of Christ. And all this trash left behind by this nasty guy gets renewed. The mind gets renewed. So as those bubble up false doctrines come up through our mind, we are cleansed internally through the mind of Christ. Those nasty old teachings from the devil himself are being washed out as they bubble up. Renewal of mind. But that hand has to stay up. Because as you know, there's another diagram that we use where the hand is not up on the indwelt believer. And that trash sneaks in again. It starts turning that indwelt believer into an emergent believer. Of course, that's not a problem in the world. Any questions that you have about possessions and money in regard to this diagram?
Here's our identity matter statement for today. Podcast listeners, listen very carefully. Those of you who have just been listening to the audio, we really encourage you to go back to the the uh, place where you found the audio and click on the PDF because you'll actually get the literal slides that we used this morning in this in this message. It is really a good idea to collect these notes and keep them in a notebook. So here's our identity matter statement for today. The key to have the ability to hear and obey the voice of the Lord from within. Secondly, is like it. Understand the most important financial pr- principle, and that is when we give our first fruit to God, He causes the remainder of our assets to meet our needs, even if it takes a supernatural multiplication to do it, as was the case with the widow. As was the case with God and the brook. But if you look in your externals and you go, there's no way I'm going to be cared for this week. We have to add our own additives. It's like getting that second job. Because you have to fix the fix that you fixed on yourself. So you get a second or third job. What for? So you can collapse and not have a life of rest? Or do you plug away at it a little at a time while you're doing the responsible thing in every area of your life? Holding the Sabbath day holy and getting the rest that you need and hearing the voice of God and learning and growing and embracing the fullness of God and what He has to say versus fixing the fix that God's got fixed on you to get you fixed from always fixing you. Possessions is where it starts. Someone tell me what an idol is. Anyone else? What's that? Okay, keep going. Okay. All right. Which are all. <clears throat> foundational building blocks of what idolatry is. Idolatry is an approval by human to exchange the real God for a fake one. Idolatry is exchanging, getting God off of the holy throne and putting a small God in that place. Now, What do most idols look like through the years? You know, nowadays it's education and influence and suits and, you know, it's a little different today, but particularly through the thousands of years, they kind of looked the same. What were they? Gold. Normally, 
Gold would be what it is today, but not back then. Okay, so what they made out of the gold. Yeah. Yeah. So, if we could see the full picture of Satan, that's why I did that booklet on the names of Satan, because you get to see pretty much the way God looks at him. Idolatry is chipping off graving imagery of him, beast, woman, man, goat's head, pentagrams, you know, all the stuff that you're used to hearing about carve off a little bit of his imagery and they form this this idol that reflects that piece of his image. That's why it, it is very offensive to God. So the calf, that's an easy connection. The upside down crosses that people wear today and the t-shirts and the... Just stop for a moment and go... Where did they carve that off of? And, and if you talk to them about that, they say, it's only a t-shirt. Right? It's only a car. It's only a sports car. It's only a truck. They make you look like the idiot. Because you're addressing idolatry. But if you tug on it and they get a little bit owie and crabby, you have discovered idolatry. And that is where we're living today as idolatry is not defined by the terms of idolatry anymore. It is not the same. I mean, we walk by people, talk to people, you know, who've got funky t-shirts on or or whatever, they're showing this carved out piece of Satan's image. We don't even react anymore. You go, children, turn your, turn your heads. There's no, there's no offense anymore to idolatry. And that is what was supposed to happen right before Satan comes and does the seven year reign. That's why we're so close. People are not reacting to idolatry anymore. You go talk to a guy that has his $84,000 truck, and I'm telling you, he's not going to react to the term idolatry. It's a truck, Finney. It's a golden calf, Finney. You don't change people by attacking their idols. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. You're the one that's going to get hurt. Because people will not drop their idols for any sermon, for any, any counseling session, any embarrassment, because they've embedded their spiritual teeth into this object, this possession. Particularly if it's money directly.
This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.